Welcome today. As my dad David shares from his heart, this short biblically-based devotional. David is a speaker, author, former pastor, songwriter, and founding director of Youth with the Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, and I know his message will be encouraging to you. I believe these moments took place in 1974, perhaps 1975. I do know it was in mid or late summer of the year because it was a clear and very warm day when my dear lifetime friend and mentor, Hal Curtis, and I drove the winding and narrow cliff roadway known as the Going to the Sun Road. It's the only road that crosses the entire width, west and east, of the beautiful Glacier National Park of Northwest Montana, which is not quite an hour's drive from where Kathy and I live. The road reaches an elevation of about 7,000 feet at Logan Pass, which is located on the Continental Divide, the glacially carved ridge that divides our continent's watersheds. After parking the car at the Logan Pass Visitor Center, Hal and I both threw on our backpacks and began our two-day, 12-mile adventure up and over the popular Highline Trail. A little past midway, we would be having a delicious meal and spending the night at the well-known Granite Park Chalet. Side note, the chalet had become especially well-known for being the location of a frightening incident that took place in the summer of 1967. If you're interested, that story was documented in a book and then in a documentary called Night of the Grizzlies by Jack Olson. Last week, I shared my story about walking around Augusta National at the 2019 Masters Tournament and how indescribably beautiful the course was. But the Highline Trail Walk was the most stunning walk I've ever been on in my life. A little challenging sometimes if you're somewhat leery of heights, but the expansive vistas are out of this world. The Highline Trail is literally described as walking on top of the world. There is nothing above you. I highly doubt that I'll ever see anything like it again here on this earth. At 7,280 feet, the Highline is characterized by gentle ups and downs until you get to a final steep switchback leading up to Haystack Pass and then on to the chalet. For those who may not know, a switchback is defined as a 180-degree bend, often a sharp bend in a road or path, especially one leading up a side of a mountain. And it was at the very beginning of the switchback that I stopped Hal. Hal, I said, wait one second. You see, I couldn't help but notice that this steep switchback looked like it would take forever to get just to the sharp bend and then forever to go the rest of the way to the very top. I had also noticed that there was a skinny little path, a much less used but much shorter trail just to the right of us that went straight up to the top. I said, Hal, let's go up this way. After a long pause and a blank stare at me, Hal said something like this. David, 
There is a reason there is a switchback on this mountain. But how, I said, up this way is a huge shortcut. I'll bet you lunch tomorrow, Hal, that I can easily make it to the top long before you do, if you take the switchback. Hal stared at me one more time, turned, and then took his first step up the switchback. I turned to my right and took my first step up the skinny little path, much less used, but much shorter trail. Pause right there. I'll finish this story in just moments. I just now thought of this, but the word pause and the use of it can come in pretty handy along the pathway of our spiritual walk. As with defining our true treasure and focusing on our goal, it's just as critically important that we practice frequent pausing to obtain more information, particularly from our counselor, the Holy Spirit, before we take our next big step. Pausing long enough to get that counsel can make a radical difference in our sense of confidence and in the outcome of our efforts. Not pausing and heeding good counsel can be dangerous and it can delay the desired outcome. Here's what one of the wisest men of all time said about this, from Proverbs 19. It isn't good to be ignorant, and whoever rushes into things misses the mark. And why is it easy to miss the mark? Solomon also said this, Because there is a way which seems right to man and appears straight before him, but at the end of it is the way of death. Proverbs 1412. So, we need to pause frequently to make sure we get the correct information from the right source in order to move forward successfully. Solomon's father, King David, spoke for God during a state of pause when he said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. David's response, Show me your ways, O Lord. And when we take the time to pause and take the time to listen, we will get instruction and information that can really make a difference. Like, for example, be patient, my son or daughter. Stay the course. Don't take the shortcut that's in front of you. Shortcuts can lead to unhappy endings. As written in another proverb, 21 verse 5, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Now, some shortcuts are fine, even practical. Other hasty shortcuts can short-circuit our spirit and even deaden our lives. I haven't read Philip Yancey much at all, but I, I found this quote online, one from his book called Disappointment with God. He says this, Human beings grow by striving working, stretching. And in a sense, human nature needs problems more than solutions. Why are not all prayers answered magically and instantly? Why must every convert travel the same tedious path of spiritual discipline? Because persistent prayer and study and meditation are designed primarily for our sakes, not for God's. Kierkegaard, the famous Danish Christian philosopher, said this, that Christians reminded him of schoolboys 
who want to look up the answers to their math problems in the back of the book rather than work them through. We yearn for shortcuts. But shortcuts usually lead away from growth, not toward it. I like those thoughts. Growth and achievement don't often come via a shortcut. Growth comes by staying the course, even through problems, even through hardship and suffering. Now, no one likes these things, but the Bible tells us, well, this is from Apostle Paul. To you, it has been granted or given as a gift from God for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Philippians 1, 29. When we turn in faith to Jesus and submit to his Father, the work just begins. But it is oh so worth it. For he also told us that no one who sacrifices for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come eternal life. Mark 10, 29-30 The work of following our great God can be difficult, but He has given us His guiding spirit, and the reward is a full, joyful life, now and forever. One last scripture. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect, mature, and complete, lacking in nothing. James 1, 2-4 We sons and daughters can find joy in trials because they equip and enable us to live calmly in this broken world. And my point in all this, my friend, there are no shortcuts to the treasures which lie ahead. And that brings me back to the switchback and my clever little shortcut. It didn't take very long before I realized that this tiny trail was no picnic. This was a rodeo. It was way steeper than it looked like from down below, and I was scrambling more on my hands and knees than on my feet. Not quite halfway up the steep mountainside, I looked over and across at Hal, just after he walked through the bend of the switchback, and he was very peacefully walking at a calm and casual pace. What? I yelled at myself, I gotta go faster or or, or he's gonna beat me. This is crazy. I'm in my mid-twenties and I'm getting beat by an old man. Hal's gotta be 36. So I moved faster. I anxiously pulled at clumps of bear grass to help me make it up the stupid and steep skinny little path and, and to keep me from falling. And I gave it everything I had. About a minute later, I could see Hal clearly now, to my left, still walking at a calm and casual pace, but with a little bitty grin on his bearded face. He was only about 10 yards from the top, and I was only about 10 yards from the top. I had to use every ounce of my humble strength, and I lunged upward and forward until at last I finally landed pretty much on my face in the middle of the real trail pretty much right in front of Hal's hiking boots. Hmm, David, I think you might have beat me by a half a second there, he said kindly. I'm quite sure my grinning dear friend could have said more, but Hal was and is a wise man, and he knows when words aren't necessary. 
and he could see I was struggling to breathe. And about ten seconds later, as I turned to follow him on the trail, it hit me. Altitude sickness, which I had never experienced or heard of before. Sometimes called mountain sickness, altitude sickness is a group of symptoms that can strike if you walk or climb to a higher elevation or altitude too quickly. There are three levels of altitude sickness. Level 2 and 3 can be deadly. The symptoms of level 1 are dizziness, headache, muscle aches, and nausea. I suddenly was feeling all of that and much more. I don't think I'd ever felt so sick. For the rest of my hike to the chalet, I was miserable. My wise friend and counselor ate dinner alongside some new friends that evening at Granite Park Chalet. I, on the other hand, never got out of bed. I just laid there trembling and moaning until the next morning, when I finally started feeling alive again. And as I followed Hal down through the mountain forest on the loop trail that morning, I thought about two things. One, grizzly bears live in these trees. And two, there's a reason there are switchbacks in these mountains. Dear friend, you and I have both faced our share of hardship and suffering in our lives. But we've grown from our experiences. We've learned a lot, haven't we? And the counseling spirit who has been with us all the way wanted to lovingly remind us again today that there can't be shortcuts to the great treasures which lie ahead. Take the switchbacks. I feel I'm to close with some anonymous words I found. I hope you'll find encouragement through them. Here they are. There is light after darkness, gain after loss, strength after weakness, crown after cross, sweet after bitter, hope after fears, home after wandering, praise after tears. Dear Holy Spirit, awesome counselor, and bringer of strength, hope, home, and praise. Thank you, loving Holy One. We love you for your wonderful care over us and for your guidance that leads to treasures. Bless my friend here again today. Put a new smile of assurance on your dear one's face. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.